Hello, everyone. This is Kim Venegas at Jumpstart. If you've had a tough year, or even if you haven't, take a listen to the following episode. See what resonates with you. This isn't an interview, but it does paraphrase a conversation I had with a first-year teacher. Her words bubbled out so fast, I should have recorded the talk we had. There's a lot that college didn't prepare her for, and she wanted you all to be prepared for on-the-job learning as you begin your teaching career. She described this first year as a roller coaster. Beginning in the first few days, her position changed due to the needs of the building. This can happen. You're hired as an interventionist or at a certain grade level, and suddenly you're assigned to a different class or a different position. Some teachers can roll with this kind of change, as did the teacher I spoke with. Others have a much more difficult time. Years ago, a teacher was hired for an out of, as an out-of-the-classroom teacher, an interventionist, or something like that. But she was moved to a grade level that she found very, very challenging. She barely made it to winter break, resigning two weeks before. Know yourself. Can you go with the flow, or are your skills specific to an area? Lots of teaching positions open up all the time. Every year has a learning curve, but your first is crucial in helping you improve your professional practice and feel that you're in the right place. Even though we were mostly free from COVID this year, first and second year teachers seem to catch every illness they came in contact with. Their immune systems are not as strong as teachers who've been in the classroom longer or who have their own children and germs at home. Often her team would jump in to save the day with sub plans or they just absorb students into their classrooms. Sometimes she had a sub and she was able to put together plans, but they were the barest of plans because on top of being sick, she had to think through sub plans. She began wearing a mask every day, not because of COVID, but just because schools are like Petri dishes for germs. Last fall, I got COVID for the first time because as a staff or as a community, We'd let down our guard against this germ. We stopped cleaning every surface we were around, we stopped wearing masks, and we definitely were not keeping our distance. Sometimes my first-year teacher cried coming into work, pulled between feeling miserable and sick and the responsibility to students in the school. We're one of the only professions that does this. We need to do better for ourselves. We're no good as teachers when we don't have a clear head due to physical or mental health. Take care of yourself. Every school building is different when it comes to how admin supports classroom teachers with students' behavior, as well as how much support staff you have available. Counselors, social workers, behavior specialists, behavior interventionists, school psychologists. From day to day, situations change for our kids. More need more. Hardly ever do fewer students need less. Often we blame the full moon or the change in the weather. They always seem to occur at the same time that support staff is limited. Curriculum comes and goes, typically about every four to five years. And for my teacher, there wasn't a curriculum in place for her new position. It was up to her to create daily lessons based only on the standards and making them as engaging as possible. For teachers who see all grade levels, there's a lot of adapting and flexibility required. Lesson plans need to be different for kinders than for fifth graders. Relationships are key, of course. We are working with young humans. Our dream of teaching is to share our knowledge and our excitement for life with them. But there's a lot to teach. And each child slept differently the night before. Each child left home in a different mood. Each child came to school hungry or full.
When we feel we aren't connecting, we usually look inward first. What can we do better? What can we do differently? What does this child value? What does this child need? Or why don't they like me? There will always be children you just can't connect with. We take it home with us. We play it back. How could it have gone differently? And then we've got to let go of the negative. All people have the tendency to see the negative first. Turn that around when you go home. Write down three things that went well and get a good night's sleep to come back better tomorrow. James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, he suggests we all try to be 1% better tomorrow in any profession, in any role in life that we have. Some of our children's lives are so complex. There have always been children coming to school whose parents argued the night before or yelled at them as they left home. I know, it happened to me a few times. Sometimes all we can do is tell them we are here if they need us and keep an eye on them. Her college professors mention Title I schools, but only within the context that they may serve lower-income families and students. Title I is determined by the number of students who qualify for free and reduced lunch prices. What isn't taught in the university are the lives behind the numbers. There's no one factor that contributes to students living at a level near poverty. Many new immigrants arrive in our country and settle in cities where agricultural work is available. These jobs don't require English to work. Post-COVID, some families haven't returned to their full work hours. Other families have separated. Some families are doubled up in housing. Some families are supporting several family members. Maybe families live differently than you would choose to. Maybe some children have a parent in jail. Maybe some grandmothers are raising the children. I found it's best to assume that everyone is doing the best they can under the circumstances they're in. It isn't our place to judge, just to serve. I mention it because these factors affect our students and their ability to learn in school, as well as their behavior. If that wasn't enough, our students are affected by the number of recent school shootings. Will I be safe at school today? Students have some residual anxiety and mental health issues from COVID and the uncertainty of daily life. What happens in society affects what happens in schools. They aren't separate. We aren't taught how to do much more than teach. We don't know how to wear the hats of nurse, school psych, counselor, but it's part of our work and we can't let it stretch us to the breaking point. Poor behavior is the most difficult for all teachers. More experienced teachers have exactly that, more experience and practice at solving the problems that poor behavior creates. In a classroom management course, we probably were taught the same things 20 years ago that are taught now. Use proximity. Stand near a student and that will change their behavior. Not so much anymore. Sending a student to a partner teacher's room. Often kids just say, no, I'm not going. New teachers don't like to call the office because it shows they aren't competent to manage their children. And sometimes, let's be honest, we just can't manage the students, especially if two or more are out of control with their behavior. It takes time to figure out which battles to fight and which aren't important enough to ruin your day. Any child may have an outsized reaction to something we see as normal conversation. They are hypersensitive to any correction, hypersensitive to the environment. If they aren't bothering anyone, let them be. Don't pick up the rope, as we say. It used to be common practice for teachers to decorate their rooms in bright and shiny colors, thinking to capture students' attention. Now it seems better to use less color and a simple room arrangement to present a feeling of calm. I remember one room in particular that felt welcoming. 
The teacher had used the colors of yellow and gray to wrap the room. Many children have uncensored access to technology due to parents' work schedules. Students are growing up physically and socially a year or more ahead of how they used to. Teachers feel they must be more than a song and dance band, using technology to hold students' attention. This creates its own problems, more tech. The more students focus on screens, the less able they are to talk with one another or with teachers. Just so you know that it isn't you that isn't engaging enough. You will never forget your first year as a teacher. The difficult moments can fade with time as you become a better teacher and you are able to take the long view. The crazy episodes of student behavior have a cause, even though we can't look inside them to figure it out. It will pass, and tomorrow will be more or less challenging, depending on the phase of the moon or the change in the barometer. Just kidding. It's more likely that an extended holiday is coming up or something has changed at home. You'll learn more what makes an urgent situation or one that you can just wait out with a calm attitude and a few deep belly breaths. Even now, 21 years in, I was surprised by a student who had previously been a bit disrespectful. As he came into class and asked what we were doing, he chose to work in the group I was supporting, not my co-teacher. He's probably not aware how his previous behavior made me feel, or that it was disrespectful even. But it truly made my day that he chose to join my group, even though I'd scolded him a day or two before. Students don't often have an idea how people-to-people interaction should work. Anyway, when a student chooses you, even after a scolding, it's why we come back to teach again another day. I hope your first year has been rewarding. We're coming close to summertime. I'm signing off for now, and I hope you have a great day. See you next time.